we're very leveraged to exploration success. And with the third campaign starting in lithium uh, momentarily, uh, we hope to deliver that in the near term. Hello, and welcome to the Market Bull Podcast. Please note, topics and stocks discussed in this podcast are not financial or investment advice. Peter Ruse is the Executive Director of Mont Royal Resources, which is listed on the ASX under code MRZ. Mont Royal Resources is pursuing various mining opportunities in Quebec with a focus on critical minerals. Peter discussed his experience and highlighted the growing interest in the Quebec provinces that Mont Royal has access to and the other notable companies in the area. Mont Royal has an impressive share registry, as Peter explains, and a tightly held capital structure that the company is proud of. With two primary projects, Peter gave an update on the current and upcoming activities and what investors can expect. Hello, I'm Ben Kostrich, and this is the Marketable Podcast. Joining me today on the show, almost through a referral on social media, is Peter Ruse, the Executive Director of Mont Royal Resources, which is listed on the ASX under code MRZ. And it is a, an exploration company focused on North American projects, in particular Canada. Uh, we're speaking with each other, a fair bit of a time difference, but he's been gracious enough to give us a bit of time this morning to speak on the show. So welcome, Peter. Thanks for having me, Ben. Good to be here. That's all right. As I said, I was sort of introduced to you through, again, a referral on social media. Someone asked me to, to reach out to you guys and get you on the show because there was a bit of interest in what you're achieving and, and what you're doing. But before we discuss what the company is, because some will be naturally unfamiliar with it, uh, what, what is your history and, and how did it draw you to, to this current position that you're in? Yeah, look, my history has been um, really capital markets focused roles. Uh, so started, started life as a, on a, on a uh, sales desk, uh, on broking, uh, moved into funds management, uh, particularly um, with a couple of family office uh, investment portfolio manager roles uh, on the east coast of Australia. Uh, and look, through that experience, I vetted a, an enormous amount of companies, um, saw the good, the bad, the ugly on how, I suppose, small cap or exploration businesses, particularly in mining, uh, being a WA boy originally, I, I have a passion for mining and energy. Uh, but but seeing, I suppose, the key criteria around building and setting up a exploration company or a small cap company starts with obviously um, a strong board, uh, you know, a, a, a very sort of uh, solid uh, jurisdiction on where your projects are based. And I suppose what's probably not um, emphasised enough is is building a really uh, strong and quality share register around mm. that can basically take a take a view and take a journey with you over a three to five year period. Um, Mont Royal was floated in May of 2019. And um, I think one thing I'm really proud of is that we have built a really strong share register that have been, a lot of them have all been with us uh, for the most part uh, since, since day one uh, in pre-IPO and seed rounds uh, to IPO and then subsequent um, capital raisings. So then captivating these investors that are, you'd say, in it for the long haul and have been, I guess, engaged with everything that you're doing, how did you go about structuring and having those discussions and, I guess, building up that faith to, to have them on for such a period of, a period of time? Yeah. So, um, again, from my investment background, I was very fortunate enough to be involved um, with a very well-known uh, mining entrepreneur, a guy by the name of Michael O'Keefe, who was... Um, 
who maintains a our, he is our largest shareholder in Mont Royal. He was previously on our board uh, and has moved to just a strategic advisory role for us because he sits on a number of other mm. boards and is spread quite thin. But remain, you know, he maintains a very supportive role for us um, in 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 the business. Uh, and look through through the relationship with Michael, um, he, he and I built out our board of directors uh, from the from the outset, and it's fair to say that. With Michael's involvement, he, he has been a part of a number of very successful uh, mining ventures, both in coal, iron ore, and now diamonds. Uh, there was obviously quite a quite a strong following behind behind him from the Australian mm. capital markets that wanted to be involved in a very early stage exploration business. Um, Michael resides in Montreal, Quebec, so he has got a very um, keen eye on moving trends and developments and and he and I identified the the way to enter into uh, into the Quebec exploration space by way of um, our first project Wapatik, which I'm sure we'll dive into later yeah yep. really he yeah he he has um was a, a a key component in attracting really good quality capital from family office and high net worth individuals out of Australia that um, have all had historical success with him uh, in, in his other ventures. And we, it's, we yeah. trying to replicate that with, uh, with what we're doing here. Cause it's quite, uh, you'd almost say a distinguishing factor that people or investors are looking for is a, a backed shareholder group that's in it for the long haul and have got a bit of a true, a proven record of again, backing these stories and backing these successes. And yeah, Michael O'Keefe is, uh, well-renowned for, for doing that exact exact thing and and clearly he's uh, been heavily involved in the development of this this company and you just touched on it before we haven't really even mentioned what the mission of the company is for so for those that are unfamiliar with what mount royal is uh how do you describe it what is the company really trying to do and, and whereabouts as well yeah so we have um we have two project areas uh in the province of quebec in in a very i think it's a it's a it's a part of quebec that is obviously getting a lot of attention at the moment, um, which is the James Bay region. Uh, we have projects in the lower lower East Main uh, Greenstone Belt of James Bay and the upper East Main um, Greenstone Belt of James Bay. And collectively, there's a, there's approximately 650 kilometres, uh, square kilometres of, of ground. Uh, and and the, the assets were, were particularly focused, um, or they, they were chosen and acquired on their merits based on the fact that they were near uh, near known discoveries. They were also um, hosting uh, the, the mineral assemblage or the, the geological uh, formations of a green, of granite and greenstone belts contacting each other, which I'll be honest with you, when we first acquired these back in 2020, we, we had a mindset of chasing gold, copper mm. and other metals and materials. Uh, lithium really was not a, a known or, or a sought-after commodity at that particular time. But um, Jeez, that's changed quickly, hasn't it? Things changed quickly, yeah. and, and look, we we uh, we are now running our. We're about to commence our third campaign in lithium uh, exploration. Uh, but really, the, the modus of the company was is uh, really good share register space, tight structure, um, leverage to exploration success. They are greenfields assets. However, we are in a very exciting part of the province. 
Uh, very low overheads. Uh, no one is taking very, you know, the corporate overhead is, is particularly low, which I'm very proud of as well. Dollars in the ground, you know, expiration dollars in the ground in Quebec, which again has been a, is, is really a province that has been hugely under, underexplored by mm. uh, the Canadians themselves. The Canadian companies, uh, it's fair to say, have been underfunded for decades. And it's really like, I've heard a lot of other peer companies and other mining executive, peer, peer, peer group mining executives talk about, it's like going back to WA in the 1970s or 1980s before a rush of exploration and mm. exploration capital enters into a province. So you're seeing that un unfold at the moment with fantastic discoveries like Patriot Battery Metals with their Corvette assets, Winsome Resources with their Adena project, uh, and uh, and their other and their other lithium exploration projects, uh, and then a plethora of other um, ASX listed juniors in our peer group that have all flooded there to get their hands on some on some exploration ground. So look, I, I have a I have a watch list that I look at regularly, and it, it grows just about by the day. Yeah, of, uh, of, which is I see it only as a positive thing because the um, I, I collaborate with a lot of these companies. I, I we share resources, we share ideas. Sometimes we share. You know, the other day we had no use for an excess helicopter that was um, going to be used for our logistics for a program. I, I called another company and offered that to another company. So I, I hope to uh, be on the receiving end of, you know, co collaborative um, mm. exploration efforts. Yeah, I think I think that's good to hear because again, this area is getting a lot of attention. The James Bay region. Uh, and yep. it's really in its infancy in regards to really elevating into that next production stage. It, it's still very much based on exploration focus and developing these resources because that's uh, there's so many tailwinds and, and incentives for not just the the world but for for countries to really accelerate it. Uh, and I think you touched on a good point there about almost the neglect of Canadian mining for a while, and now all of a sudden with these uh, directions and, and incentives and just what people want, these critical materials feeds perfectly into, well, we're going to have to start building these new communities, more jobs. Uh, there's a lot of benefits, but you mentioned there some of the the projects you've got. Um, I mean, if you want to highlight uh, both of them, uh, what, what's been so enriching about having these packages of lands available for you? Yeah, look, I think the key criteria with both project areas was that they have uh, access uh, to infrastructure, albeit by, it is, it is, pretty wild and woolly out yeah. here with, with, you know, it is remote, uh, but both projects have got, uh, access roads, both projects, um, have got, they, they are within close proximity to hydropower and power lines. So one thing about Quebec is worth noting is that there is very cheap power, uh, if you are in a development scenario, which is obviously a key, um, a key criteria, uh, Supportive uh, First Nations um, groups, which uh, encourage uh, exploration. We we also try to involve them um, in our exploration programs, uh, supplying jobs. the the other um, The other key criteria, which we whilst we're just quickly on on mm. Quebec, is the really attractive thing that I think people miss is that when you are spending exploration capital there, you are um, subject to getting some really attractive rebates from the government as well. So we have been, um, yeah, we've, we've been on the receiving end now of, of three years of, you know, regular 
cash coming back to us after um, spending, you know, shareholder money in the ground exploring. Mm. So, look, I'll, I'll start with talking about the Northern Lights project because I think that's really where we have kicked off this uh, these two campaigns. So um, Monday uh, this week, mm. uh, which was the 18th. 18th, yeah, under yeah. the 18th, uh, we we announced that we uh, have have our first. What we what we believe you know, what we've obviously got back from the labs a, a really nice um, grab sample that has come from a boulder field at the Northern Lights project, specifically the East Main Loran project uh, of two point one four percent lithium oxide at surface. Uh, the, the this this set of projects is is a vast set of projects, so we're talking five hundred and thirty six square kilometres, uh, comprised of the Bohir project, the East Main Loran project. Dios project and Chateau Fort project, and there's a map there that you'll um, we can we can put up. Yeah, so maybe we get an idea of what looks Yeah, yeah. But our focus for the lithium exploration to date has been the East Main Loran project and the Bohia project, and and we've subsequently in, in our last few press releases we've been detailing uh, two distinct discoveries. One is one is by way of a boulder field that we believe. Uh, the boulders have been transported from its from the source, and we have a distinct two and a half kilometer um, exploration target trend that we are now back in the field, you know, busily trying to find the source of this really nice high grade um, material at surface. The Bohia project, we have two distinct uh, outcropping uh, pigments type, uh, which. Samples are still in the labs for that. However, we have enough confidence that we have sent in another exploration team this week to carry out trenching, further sampling, and some more geophysics around uh, that that Bohir discovery. I will note that our neighbour Ben's Mining has come up with three dis- uh, similar discoveries right across the property boundary to the west. So this, there's a lot to say that this. Um, this lithium trend mm. extends onto our property uh, as well as well as they've been having the equal success on their side of the fence as well. So, so sort of two two really uh, interesting uh, areas of exploration on that on on those two assets. Mm. I will also note in Monday's release we did talk about a, a seven and a half eight kilometre uh, new exploration trend in the central section of East Main Loran. Which has got really high readings of tantalum, which is a pathfinder metal for, uh, which is a pathfinder for lithium um, bearing rocks. So we're going to be touching on that. So it's a really, it's going to be a really intensive, busy three week program uh, at the Northern Lights, which is again kicking off uh, this week. Uh, the the other property, Wapatik, has got really a bit of a different history to it. Again, as I mentioned. We acquired it and we went in there um, to delineate gold and copper mineralization and discoveries. The this is this is a different um, this is a different project where we are earning into a 70% interest by spending money in the ground. Uh, the operator is Azimut Exploration, who are um, a well-known exploration project generator group listed mm. on the Canadian Exchange. Uh, and we've got a three-year relationship with them. Uh, we had a nickel discovery, which you'll find in our presentation materials, which got us excited. And we've done three campaigns 
of uh, of drilling on on the Wapiti property, and at the moment that is being analysed, and and obviously um, further studies and desktop studies are, are going to be done to talk about next steps on the NIFL, but consulting our shareholders and the general market trends, we were remiss not to carry out a lithium campaign at Wapatik mm. as well. So you'll um, you'll note we'll have we'll we'll have some uh, we've got a we've got an update about a lithium exploration program that will be out this week, which will effectively benefit from three years of till surveys, geophysics, um, and other fieldwork activities we've done for the other minerals, but they are easily transferable to the lithium exploration as well. So we will hit that hit that exploration program in a really advanced stage um, with 30 distinct outcropping targets for them to literally head up to, uh, take samples. They have got all of the modern technology of uh, LIBS um, survey guns uh, to take readings in situ, as well as XRF. Uh, and one thing I, I like to stress to you know, the audience and, and shareholders and, and the market is that we are only we're approximately 20, 18 to 20 kilometers away from Alchem's James Bay project, which is um, which you'll note has recently had a um, a resource upgrade to 110 million tonnes at 1.3% Li2O. So we're in a very good neighbourhood uh, at the Wapatik project, which mm. which is um, yeah, which is obviously worth noting. Where are you going to find? Where are you going to find mineralisation or discoveries? Generally, you find it next to a uh, next to other discoveries, right? Yeah, so other resources. Yeah, well, I mean, you covered a lot there. Uh, even if I, I flash back to the point about yeah, the funding and, and the government support coming back into a company, and you said from the outset that Mont Royal has been very uh, or consistent with spending money on the ground instead of looking at to pay directors uh, uh, just excess uh, necessities that we know there's the the lifestyle companies and it's it's always funny to try and track them down and figure it out um but i think that's a good combination there of again proof of proof of concept is that it's all going to the ground and you can see that through a whole host of different projects um and you could say you've almost got i wouldn't say too much but there is a hell of a lot of land and packages to explore and that area is just thriving with life and you said the neurology is a, a big sort of, I guess, tick of approval along with a good share registry and that area is just heating up. But I mean, when we will put the map up so everyone can see, I mean, Alchem and Ben's uh, are near two of your projects, but that entire area is now littered with uh, exploration companies and junior exploration companies. And uh, I mean, when you're in that area, you said you're collaborating a lot, but, but what has really been transforming in that area, which gives you guys so much confidence that, you know, if you keep going down this path, there could be some really big exploration discoveries um you know down in the coming yeah, months. Look, I, I think um if you take for example the uh the land rush that has happened around patriot which is about approximately as the crow flies about 110 k's north of the northern lights properties we have um you've got dozens of companies there you've got um an, an enormous amount of investment going into mining camp um infrastructure uh, upgrades access roads that you know, I've I've been obviously following very closely that there is um, the route, uh, the the large government um, built road that that runs right through the um, the Northern Lights properties to the Renard Diamond Mine, which was owned by Stornoway, which sits just to the north of our projects. There are plans um, afoot to connect 
that road up to the Trans Tiger um, Highway, where, where, where Patriot, Winsome, and others all sit along, which again will be a key piece of infrastructure. Because look, I think I know Patriot has its naysayers, but I think that that well and truly will be a development in the future. It'll it'll determine its own uh, processing facility, and that will obviously be a, a central hub and spoke for a lot of other deposits that are found in the area. So. I see the up, look. The other really key thing that has got um, both Michael, myself, and my board uh, very, very um, excited is the investment from the government um, with Ford Motor Company to build, uh, you know, its first battery battery plant in Quebec as well. So you're seeing you're seeing a groundswell from, you know, public market capital, and you're also seeing it from private. Private capital too, from the, you know, from obviously all the Australians coming into into the region. But I think that's a that's a real key piece of infrastructure and a key bellwether that uh, this this can be a true source of uh, you know decarbonisation battery related mm. materials for both the North, for the whole North American market. Yes. Um, yeah. So, so I, I see I see we're in an enviable position where we have been in the province for three years we're not coming in late i don't feel where at any st- at any st- uh, stretch uh we did not overpay for our assets and we we've got a, a, a very tight capital structure of just over 82 million shares on issue company's four years old i've only raised capital twice um and yeah we um we're very leveraged to expiration success and with the third campaign starting in lithium uh, momentarily, uh, we hope to deliver that in the near term. Mm-hmm. I think the yeah the development and the I guess ex- acceptance of just everyone wanting to get pile into that area. You guys arguably can be said that we're there a little bit before the tsunami or trend got in because there's no shortage now of companies looking to acquire land or just set up packages and get all the you'd say the environmental steps and the the heritage uh, the the negotiation with traditional owners and all of that underway, which takes as we know, a fair bit of time. Um, I don't know, I've spoken with a few other companies that are operating within North America. There's a lot of considerations with seasonality and mining, which a lot of Australians and some of the others don't necessarily comprehend all the time. Sure. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's just I think, one of those. I think, there's a, I think there's a few misconceptions of, um, yeah, where people think, oh, yeah, no, we're, we're going to buy these projects and we'll be drilling them within a few months' time. doesn't really work like that here. It's... Um, you, you have to put in a lot of uh, pre-work because, um, you know, there's no there's no bones about it. Drilling is expensive. You do typically need to have these rigs heli, uh, heli-craned in. Uh, using helicopters is expensive. Uh, cost of fuel, it's remote. Then you throw in a very long winter season, which has got these shoulder periods where you have um, slushy, wet conditions where machinery gets bogged. So you know you you do you do have to be organised. You do have to really um, take your windows when they appear. Um, and I think that um, I'm not I'm not trying to doubt these other companies, but mm. but you do need a lot of free work to have that confidence to spend money on drilling. And um, we've demonstrated that that we will not use shareholder money to just drill immediately to chase a buoyant market. You know, we want to be really confident before putting that capital in. Uh, yeah, and that's where it ties in with the, the extent of time that you guys have been in that area because 
I think a lot of people are lost in the idea that you can just go over and execute straight away. And just within this seasonality component and infrastructure is getting better and it's only going to improve, which is which is great. Yep. That still yep. doesn't avoid some of the other planned and almost necessities that need to have in place in order to execute this. And I think that's one of the exciting points that you've been alluding to now is this culmination of quite a few years of work leading up to now this quite say rewarding period of time with a lot of activity. So I mean, over the next coming months and even this week, you said there's a there's a bit of a, a program starting that's going to be, you know, in and out uh, and hopefully bring yep. some some promising results. But what 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 really is the the game plan over the next sort of period of time? Being that you know, in your shoes, as we just said, you almost have to think you know, twelve to eighteen months ahead to start planning all these, you know, I guess variables into your into your game plan. Yeah. So I've got a nice, pretty slide number ten of the presentation. But 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 the north. I'll start with the Northern Lights campaign. So you've got you've got the two distinct campaigns that we've been carrying out, East Man, Loran, Bohia. Um, the third campaign is going to deliver um, a lot more certainty, which is trenching, trenching work, further sample work, uh, and honing in on a maiden drill program at Bohia. Uh, the East Main Loran project will be further sampling, find the source of the boulder field and look to equally dovetail that in with a made in a drill campaign. We uh, don't want to overstate uh, things, but I think we it, this is achievable before the end of the calendar year. Uh, we, we, have a, we have our site set on November um, ahead of that, as I mentioned, that challenging shoulder season conditions mm. where machinery is bold. You've got yep. site, you know, you've got um, freezing rain. It's not particularly pleasant. No. That being said, the winter conditions, the Canadian contractors we use, they prefer to operate and drill sometimes in, or not sometimes, a lot of the time, drilling in frozen conditions. But that really, the, the true frozen conditions uh, starting in late January. So my my job is to keep the momentum here and keep engagement strong. And I want to, I want to try to drill before um, before the end of the calendar year. Uh, the Wapatik project is probably a little uh, a little bit behind the advancement of the Northern Lights projects. That being said, the access to that project, I would argue, is a lot easier. Our partner Azimut has a a full fully operational fifty person camp, a fifteen minute helicopter flight away from the lithium targets where we're exploring. So. Any any set any success from this current campaign, which I mentioned, is 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 mm. currently underway. Uh, drilling can be deployed there too. We have carried out three drilling campaigns with Azimut before. They have they are very experienced. Uh, they have a lot of access to drill rigs uh, and and other and other personnel. They have a big team, so we've got confidence that that could equally be um, be shortly thereafter. Um, the Northern Lights campaign, or if not at the same time. Uh, okay. So both projects are kind of, you know, they're, they're running in parallel, which is mm. pleasing. So, but, yeah. you know, there's a lot of activity going on. And of course, I mean, it's there's probably a testament and quite a few you've alluded to, to Michael O'Keefe being heavily involved at the beginning and now, again, given his uh, time, uh, probably a little bit more difficult to allocate it all across all the different sorts of projects that he's involved with. But I can imagine there's a strong team around you that's really helped elevate and communicate this this strategy and almost do what you do what you're saying. But I mean, who are some of the notable other figures that have been involved in getting this project to where all these projects where they are? 
Yeah, look, I'm surrounded by a really strong board. It's a small board. Gary Lawler, uh, he's, a, he's a corporate lawyer who has worked with Michael O'Keefe on a number of his ventures in coal. Um, he sits on the Champion Iron Board. Uh, Gary's been a huge, um, huge uh, influence and support um, for, for me as a young CEO. Uh, and Ronnie Beaver is a, um, has an investment back banking background. He chairs Bannerman Resources, which your viewers would be familiar with. Mm -hmm. Uh, in, in the uranium space, uh, and Ronnie Ronnie was um, has been a welcome addition to the board as well. A lot of experience in M and A, uh, as well as um, other exploration directorships. So, yeah, really a really wise set of heads on the on the, around me on the board. And as I said, Michael is very still very involved. Um, he um, he has got um, an insatiable appetite for um, you know for mining, for investment, for creative ideas. For entrepreneurship, which is really, really, uh, really lucky to to have mm. someone like of his caliber around me, and then on the ground in Canada, we have the operating team from Azimut on the Wapitik side, and we use uh, a very experienced um, group called IOS Geophysics, which is um, so Geoscientific, which is a Quebec-based uh, mining services uh, contractor who particularly have worked on the East Main Loran property for over 10 years. So they're really familiar with, they have a huge database of, of uh, material on the, um, on the asset. And um, they, uh, yeah, they're, 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 the, they're the best group for the job. I've very, been very impressed with them. Every campaign we seem to um, commence with them, they come in under budget and they're on time, which is what you want. It's mm. pretty rare. <laughs> yeah, so, <fair> yeah, <laughs> we're, um, we're, we're in good shape. Yeah. And of course, I mean, there's, there's a lot happening and, and it seems like it's quite a lean and, and focused team. And of course, to, to keep on top of, I guess, the news flow and what's been happening, I mean, where can investors and listeners go to really follow these updates and really follow the company as it progresses down this path? Yeah. So I'd encourage people to sign on to the, um, the, uh, the newsletter um, and the regular updates on the website. Uh, which is www.montroyalres.com. Uh, the uh, yeah, we we obviously have we having a regular flow of news. We're on Twitter, uh, we're on LinkedIn. I'd encourage people to um, to to look us up. Yeah, no, fantastic. I think you've given quite a comprehensive, again, in almost a, a bite-sized chunk that I hope people have appreciated either on their commutes to and from work or if they're gardening or whatever, but. I think that's been a really good uh, overview of what Montreal is doing. And there's going to be a lot more happening uh, from the sounds of what you've discussed today. And uh, I think it's going to be a very exciting period of time for that region period, given the Patriot Lithium outcome and plenty more to come in the coming well, months and years. But yeah, thank you so much, Peter, for speaking on the show today. And I um, look forward to seeing what's going to happen and, and evolve as these uh, new programs get underway. Fantastic. Thanks for having me on. And um, yeah, appreciate you, uh, listening to the uh, the Mont Royal story and um, yeah we hope that uh, your viewers can take a take a sort of a new new uh, new interest in what we're up to thanks for listening to the marketable podcast if you enjoyed it please make sure to like and subscribe you can follow the market bull on our socials at Twitter and LinkedIn by searching the market bull you can also subscribe to our newsletter on the website by visiting www.themarketbull.com.au.